looking out the window right now, watching all this snow. Looking good, looking great, looking fresh air. Yeah, I want to thank my people for coming in and chiming in on me and listening to me while I sit here and marinate on my thoughts. Maybe some of y'all can help me with my thoughts. Give me your opinion, what you think about it, how you feel. All you got to do is just come on in and holler at me and let me know. So, you know, I got a lot of information I like to know. I'm not here to start nothing. I'm not here to begin nothing. And I ain't even here for no drama. I'm just here to learn. Just here to learn. And just here to learn. But I want to thank all y'all for coming in. Y'all take care and have a blessed day. And peace. I was frightened by the sight of a life of pain. Whether easy days or complicated, it was all the same. It was scary. The main emotion I felt was shame. Taught myself to opinions of others while depression had me changed. I remain with so many thoughts of how. Having issues with my identity I lost it in the crowd But I changed It was life that taught me how To be the man you see and hear right now Okay, protests broke out When dozens of people refused to leave the Watson Hotel in Midtown Manhattan some of them told reporters conditions will be inhumane and there won't be enough food for them. So they want to leave the high dollar hotel and go to a structure that the mayor is going to build for them. Brian. It's outrageous. Jessica, the city wants to move some asylum seekers from the Watson Hotel to a new shelter at the Brooklyn Cruise Terminal in Red Hook. Many of the men gathered behind me are saying they won't leave. The MTA is sending buses here. Migrants gathered outside the hotel are saying they won't board them. They say they're concerned about conditions at the new shelter. They say there's not enough space. They don't want to stay in Red Hook. And they're concerned they'll be cold there. Some asylum seekers got on with their belongings while other migrants shouted for them to stay. Earlier this month, Mayor Eric Adams announced a plan to move single men from the Watson Hotel to a heated shelter at the cruise terminal. These migrants are protesting that plan here alongside immigrant rights advocates. Where you have these migrants allegedly desperate for accommodations, coming here looking for a new life, no money, no nothing, and now are refusing any help. If it's not four-star hotels in the middle of Manhattan and one of the richest neighborhoods in New York City, right? How do we get here? I understand that these accommodations aren't, you know, high-class five-star hotels, but what do you expect New York City to do? You know, they, we, we just don't have the money for stuff like this. This is ridiculous. And the nerve of these people to cross the border illegally, come to a place and demand that they be taken care of with the top possible stuff and the most money spent on them. Who the hell do they think they are? And then if you say something like they should go back to their country, you're the racist. Tell me where I'm wrong in the comment section because this is a disgrace. And don't get me wrong. I understand people want to come here for a better life, but you should do so legally. And if you do so illegally and then come here and then demand that you be treated better than the citizens who are here. There are homeless New York citizens there that aren't being put in four-star hotels. We designed this telescope to see the very first galaxies that turned on in the universe. And when we saw what it did in only 12 hours, we knew in our hearts that whatever's out there, we're gonna see it. A serious problem has emerged in the field of astronomy as recent discoveries by the Webb telescope have thrown light on unknown aspects of our universe. The ongoing discoveries made by the Webb telescope are profoundly influencing how we comprehend the universe. As the telescope gazes into the distant past, it unveils mysteries that were previously beyond our perception. But wait, a surprising new discovery just shattered our fundamental understanding about the universe and reveals that we may be completely wrong about the size of the universe. In a new paper published recently, scientists have revealed that new images from the Webb telescope 
have discovered objects just 120 million years after the Big Bang. Not only this, what scientists found in the deep early universe could break the entire foundation of the standard cosmological model. Astronomers say that we did not expect to see something like this in the web image. That the universe is actually very old, uh, but not infinitely old, so that was a big surprise too. Einstein thought, of course, the universe must have an infinite age without a starting point. Well, he was wrong. So uh, our intuition has just been wrong almost all the time. We're pretty confident that we don't know what we're going to find. Consider this. When the Webb telescope looks as far into space as possible, it will only see about 46.5 billion light years away. This is the radius of our visible universe, which we call the Hubble radius or Hubble sphere. By the way, the most distant galaxies discovered by the James Webb telescope also fall under the Hubble sphere region. The most distant galaxy ever discovered by the Webb telescope, the Macy's Galaxy, which existed just 450 million years after the Big Bang, also exists inside the Hubble sphere. But we know that our universe is expanding. And as the universe expands, this Hubble region is becoming larger and larger, making it possible for objects beyond this Hubble region to be visible. But here's where it gets really intriguing. The universe isn't just expanding, it's accelerating in its expansion. Beyond the edge of the Hubble sphere, the expansion is happening faster than the speed of light. And because of this, the size of the Hubble region will not increase forever. When we look at extremely distant objects beyond this Hubble boundary, their light is trying to reach us. However, due to the accelerating expansion, the space between us and these far-off objects is stretching so rapidly that the light emitted by them cannot keep up. This means the light from those distant stars and galaxies is effectively moving away from us faster than it can reach us. This means that the Hubble sphere will stop growing once it reaches the cosmic horizon limit, a region called the observable universe. This observable universe is a 93 billion light year wide imaginary spherical shell around us. This is the maximum distance up to which we can see galaxies or stars. The light coming from inside this sphere must have been emitting light for a long time so that that light could reach us. Anything outside of this sphere will not be visible to us ever. Even with the strongest theoretical telescopes, we cannot see that far because the light from there just isn't here yet. That does the intent was genocidal. That's the trouble Israel is in right now. And they're showing video. Yes. They're showing video clips of Netanyahu and various Israeli politicians making genocidal statements such as Defense Minister Gallant. I have ordered a complete siege on the Gaza Strip. There will be no electricity, no food, no fuel. Everything is closed. We are fighting human animals. Doc, that's, those are the same kind of statements that the Jews made in 1948. They said that the Palestinians were the same as donkeys. The same statements. They saw them as donkeys. What we have now, which we didn't have in 48, we have now video clips of these That's Israelis right. saying these things. The Israelis were so arrogant, they never imagined that these videos would be shown in a court and that they would be on trial for making these statements. לא להרוג אותם ולהיות אכזרי כלפי הילדים שלנו. הם צריכים לדעת, וכשדבר מזעזע שכזה קורה, אז הכללים נשברים. גם היהודים יודעים להרוג ללא הבחנה. כל דבר שהוא פחות ממה שאמרתי עכשיו, מזמין את הבארי הבאה, והיא תבוא. לכו והרגו אותם, חיחסלו אותם, אל תקשיבו לשום פקודה אחרת. מכניסים אתכם, כל דבר שזז, להרוג, להשמיד, להרוג ולאבד. זאת המשימה שלך, חייל צה"ל יקר. לא פחות מזה. against their pride, fooled them into believing they would never be held responsible. You've got Israeli leaders saying human animals must be treated as such. There will be no electricity, no water in Gaza. There will be only destruction. You wanted hell, you will get hell. This is being shown in the court today, and Israel has to defend itself. What arguments are they going to make? Their first argument is they have the right of self-defense. That does not hold up legally. Right, because that only applies in international situations. If they were being invaded by a foreign power, that would be the case. But 
Israel controls Gaza, controls the territory of Gaza, controls the waterways of Gaza, controls the property of Gaza. No, Doc, I'll take it one step further. Gaza is not Israeli territory. From their perspective, though. Well, it doesn't matter legally. In the eyes of the United Nations, Gaza does not belong to Israel. It is occupied. Occupied territory, It is yes. occupied territory. West Bank is occupied territory. Therefore, you can't claim self-defense. The Israeli military has pulled out uh, thousands of their troops from Gaza and they are running with the story of, oh, this fighting is going to go on for many, many months. So we have to pull out some of our troops because they're going to go, you know, rest and stuff. But, you know, we're going to come back and fight and all of that. That's the story they're running with. The real story is their economy is suffering. They're losing millions and billions of dollars in this whole um, genocide that they have orchestrated. Secondly, they're, um, even the psychiatrists who are basically taking care of the Israeli soldiers are running away out of the country because the therapists, the, psychi the uh, psychiatrists are also traumatized. Imagine that. Imagine that. Hmm? Also, the resistance group in, 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 in Gaza are unaliving thousands and thousands and thousands of Israeli soldiers. They don't want to talk about that. They don't want us to know that. They're losing their num the numbers. Their soldiers are being unalived. Their, their limbs are being decapitated. Okay? Their disease is spreading. They're losing this <laughs> ground invasion. They're losing so badly. So they're covering it up like, oh, we we bring some of our units back because, you know, we have to get them more prepared to go back and fight again because this is going to go on for many, many months. Sweetie, you can't lie to us. Okay, you, we are going to debunk every lie. That's literally the story they're going with. But yeah, news has come out. They're, even their psychiatrists are running for their lives. They're jumping ship. Everybody's going through it. Israel, we see you. Your days are numbered and your soldiers are being unalived and they don't want to fight anymore. They probably are the ones that were like, we're not going to do this anymore. We see you. Mm. You need to have water. You need to have... Uh, a, a radio on batteries and you need to have a, a, a flashlight on, on batteries to make sure that you can survive the first 36 hours. Things like that. That's simple things. But it starts there. The, the realization that not everything is planable, not everything is going to be honky-dory in the next 20 years. I'm not saying it is going wrong tomorrow, but we have to realize it's not a given that we are in peace. And that's why we have the plans. That's why we are preparing for a conflict with, uh, uh, with Russia and the terror groups. If it comes to it, if they attack us, we're not seeking any conflict. But if they attack us, we have to be ready. Email from a lady that lives in Venezuela. She is an American citizen. And this is what she told me. Sam... There are people here from the United States. I can't tell you what organization. I can't tell you what political party, but they literally go house to house, to churches, to businesses, and they knock on the door and they say, you want to go to America, we want you. Here's your debit card. Here is your cell phone. Here is the route and, and the direction you need to go. There will be water, there will be food, there will be provision for you and your family along the route. As an American citizen, that should concern you a lot. She asked her not to say her name, not talk about what town she's in, but she said, I do everything in my power to tell these people, the American citizens don't want you. This is not them. They're gonna end up voting these people out of office. There's gonna end up being civil unrest and you're gonna get caught in the middle of it. And it doesn't stop there, you guys. This is an invasion. I don't care what the news is telling you. Don't care what your bleeding heart neighbor tries to tell you about the poor people just want a better life. No, they don't. They are literally coming because they have been told that the government will support them. We are the government, you and I. We pay the taxes. This is our money. So here's what I, my suggestion to you is. You call your governor today call every day and you don't stop i want to tell all my colleagues here what i told the republicans in that room last night 
I don't believe there are any coincidences in a matter like this. I, I believe that Scripture, the Bible, is <clears throat> very clear that, that God is the one that raises up those in authority. He raised up each of you, all of us. And, and I believe that God has ordained and allowed each one of us to be brought here for this specific moment in this time. This is my belief. I believe that each one of us has a huge responsibility today to use the gifts that God has given us to serve the extraordinary people of this great country, and they deserve it, and to ensure that our republic remains standing as the great beacon of light and hope and freedom in a world that desperately needs it. A new report by Rolling Stone looks into House Speaker Mike Johnson's views on American culture, which he calls, quote, dark and depraved. In an October prayer call just last month with the World Prayer Network, weeks before he became Speaker of the House, Johnson talked about an America facing a civilizational moment. The only question is, is God going to allow our nation to enter a time of judgment for our collective sins, which his mercy and grace have held back for some time? Or is he going to give us one more chance to restore the foundations and return to him? We will not be able to do it without the Lord's help because it, there's so the flesh is and the mistrust and the, the sin and everything is so great here that we this is going to have to bring people to their knees. And I, look, I, I believe God is about to do something. Do you have time to answer the question? Is say any more about the issue of this could be a time of judgment for America? Well, I mean, I, I don't. I'd be. I'd say I preach to the choir on this this Zoom call, or maybe the honor choir. You all know the, the terrible state that we're in. Um, the faith in our institutions is the slowest it's ever been in the history of our nation. Um, the, the, the the culture is so dark and, and depraved that it almost seems irredeemable at this point. We you know we're, we're the church attendance in America dropped below fifty percent for the first time in our history since they began to measure the uh, the data uh, sixty years ago, and the the number of people who do not believe in absolute truth is now above the majority for the first time. So one in three teen girls uh, contemplated suicide last year. One in four high school students identifies as something other than straight. Um, we're losing the country. Jeremiah 51 and 9. We have healed, we would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. Forsake her and let us go, everyone, into his own country. I cannot make this bullshit up. I just recently just left the hospitals. You know what I'm saying? I was going in. You know what I'm saying? For my son. You know what I'm saying? My son. You know, you know, he had a little slight little, you know what I'm saying, cold or whatever the situation might be. So when I get there, I see all these immigrants. They are over flooding the hospitals down here in Chicago. When I tell you that they is over flooding the hospitals that you can't even go and sit inside the place, it's so many of them. And then the male down here gonna have the audacity to get on national TV and say that Texas is uh basically uh flying these people in by the thousands. Well, if you would not take these damn sick ass people in, they gonna be flown in by the fucking thousands. Okay, so we didn't already told them already that we was gonna sue their ass if they asked uh bust these people in. So now they done found another way to, to get these people in. So now they flying them in, y'all. And so when they coming in, they coming in sick. You know what I'm saying? They coming in something wrong with them, you know what I'm saying? Half of them got polio or whatever the damn disease is, you know what I'm saying? They got going on over there in their, in their country. And then they come here, and then they spread it, you know what I'm saying, in the airports, you know what I'm saying, wherever they get, the homeless, you know what I'm saying, places where they stay at. So now, the immigrants, you know what I'm saying, community, now they are sick. Because these people have got flowed in. And so now, the whole community of the immigrants are sick. So why? You call yourself trying to flood, you know what I'm saying, I'm saying different countries and these people are sick as hell. 
and you call yourself trying to place them with people that look like us, and they sick. These people are sick, the kids sick, goddammit, they, they fucking throwing up in the hospitals, goddammit. You know what I'm saying? They, they huffing up shit and all type of shit, the kids, and, and, and the fucking damn parents turning red and all type of fucking shit. The hospitals don't even know what these damn people get. They don't even know they so overwhelming. And you expect for me and my family to go up in there and see with these people. Baby, you got me fucking fucked up. You got me messed up. And then y'all gonna have the audacity to say, do we have room for these people to stay in our places? And then y'all know that these people are sick. And then y'all want the Americans to get sick with this shit that they got over there in their country. We don't know what they got. And this shit is spreading. It's spreading, y'all. They all in the motherfucking damn emergency room, y'all. They sleeping all on the fucking damn floor. They coughing, you know what I'm saying? They, they blowing their nose and you know what I'm saying? All type of germs. And you expect my family to see me with these people. Y'all gotta make this shit make sense. Cause I'm trying to figure out to, I'm trying to figure out why is the male trying to blame Texas for these people coming in to Chicago when you let these sick ass people in. You shouldn't be blaming Texas cause Texas down there doing the damn goddamn thing. You should be, you should be blaming Biden. Okay, that's who you should be blaming. But you don't wanna blame him because you're getting that check. So you wanna blame other people. Like, the government down there in Texas. And you know damn well when these people came in, you knew these people were sick. Because when they got off the goddamn airplane, they went straight to the damn hospitals. And the hospitals was overwhelmed with these people, y'all. Yeah, fam, see, there's a whole lot of things going on that we're not recognizing in news that's not telling them. That's why we got to get out here and start spreading the word and letting people know what's really going on. And um, we come across, um, we already know um, Europe Europe is falling. The European nation, that Europe, all of them, they is falling. And, um, and, and it's almost our time to get next, y'all. Egypt of Venus all over the world is just kept out of view for the American people. We are now at a, at a low point in our history, certainly since the beginning of the 20th century, where we command almost no respect, no admiration, and very little support. Even our vassal states in Europe are walking away from us right now. All of the governments in Europe that have been cooperating with us are on the road to removal. None of them are going to last much more. And when those governments finally go, they'll be replaced by new ones, as we've seen in Poland. But even that one is not going to last for very long. Europe is in turmoil. But the one thing that everybody can agree upon is that we, Americans, because of our unrelenting hostility to Russia, have destroyed their economies, ruined their scientific industrial base, made them paupers. They don't forget that. So it's only a matter of time until we're ultimately going to be told to get out of Europe. People find that incomprehensible, but that's coming. It's very definitely coming. The European people are a little further down the road than we are in terms of understanding the extent to which their own governments have hurt them. We're not quite as far along yet. We'll get there, but they're ahead of us. We're going to watch sweeping changes in Germany, sweeping changes in France and other countries in the West that formerly behaved like obedient little vassals of the greater American empire. That's over. They're showing up sick. Do you hear me? They're showing up sick. The issue is not just how we respond in the city of Chicago. It's the fact that we have a governor a governor, an elected official in the state of Texas that is placing families on buses without shoes, cold, wet, tired, hungry, afraid, traumatized, and then they come to the city of Chicago where we have homelessness, we have mental health clinics that have been shut down and closed, you have people who are seeking employment. The, the governor of Texas 
needs to take a look in the mirror of the chaos that he is causing for this country. This is not just a Chicago dynamic. He is attacking our country. The sensibility and the civility of our country, he is undermining that. It's all good. We good. Yes. The story of history is the story of invasions. One group of people moving into someone else's land and taking it. One nation ends, another begins. Invasions drive history. Few Americans understand this is happening to them right now. The United States of America is being invaded. For the love of God, this is a damn invasion. Who is allowing this? They invaded our privacy. I think it's an invasion of the country. In other words, it's ending. The country you grew up in no longer exists. Soon it will be unrecognizable. No one is fighting back. Few are even acknowledging it. And the people who lead us are letting it happen. Why are our leaders letting this happen? Well, to destroy the country and to change the demographics. Who lives here determines what the country's like. This country is changing faster than you may understand. Americans are being replaced. That's not a conspiracy theory, it's a fact. President Biden revealing to Americans just how empty his 2024 campaign will be. The big guy doesn't have any new ideas. Instead, he's doubling down on demonizing half the country after Trump's blowout win in Iowa, saying, quote, this election was always going to be me and you against extreme MAGA Republicans. It was true yesterday and it'll be true tomorrow. Not to be outdone, VP Kamala Harris has her own delusional take on Trump. Well, let me just tell you this. No matter who the Republican nominee is, we're winning. We're winning. Do you, you've seen the numbers, you know, a lot. Do you think Donald Trump at this point is a foregone conclusion? I don't know, but look, if it is Donald Trump, we've beat him before and we'll beat him again. Where does she get that confidence, Sandra? He's a 33. I think she's less. Well, and insulting the MAGA movement, considering six in 10 caucus goers considered themselves in our Fox News voter analysis uh, supporters of the Make America Great Again movement. 74 back Trump, 74 uh, percent back Trump. Um, it's bold. Uh, where does she get the confidence? I don't I don't know. Makes it up, maybe. I don't know. Um, it's an interesting strategy. It's if you don't have the if you don't have the policy issues to tout this is the this is the route you take and i think that's fair to say a lot of what we're going to see heading into november yeah and greg isn't it true that it's all about division creating a them versus us yeah that's the game plan uh you are the devil you will be demonized and i think the the other side needs to prepare for that and kind of like step out of that and go this is what they're going to do yeah. and ask how did that work for America, right? When you demonize half the country, uh, we're not going to play that game. We're not going to do that. We actually want their votes. You're going to write them off. We want their votes. So it, I think you really do have to kind of uh, stretch your hand out to the people that are undecided and say, look at the deeds, not the words. Were there any wars under Trump? No. Was there a border under Trump? Yes. How much did eggs and unleaded cost under Trump? Uh, who decriminalized crime? Was it Trump or was it under Biden? So I think, you know, I think that you're going to be targeted and we, we get our show gets targeted. Everybody gets targeted because we are witnesses to these crimes and you have to go after the witnesses and scare them to yeah. shut them up. All right. Jesse David Axelrod says that Biden needs different messaging other than Trump is a threat to democracy. What should their messaging be? Well, it, you can't message policy because it's been a disaster and I'm not a Democrat, so I'm not going to pretend like I care. I like that. Eggs and unleaded. That's a good name for a band. So if Biden's calling Trump extreme, I'd jujitsu that right on him. And I'd say you're backing CRT and sex changes for kids in grade school. You broke the bank, the border and women's sports. I mean, your family's a freak show. 
you have solar powered leaf blowers and putting windmills on beaches. You're extreme. It worries me because they have a lot of money and Republicans are splintering the money three ways in the primary and Trump's spending a hundred million dollars on lawyers. Meanwhile, the media is like an in-kind contribution to the Democrats because they have a 24-7 attack situation. I just have never seen such an unpredictable election because you have the oldest, most unpopular sitting president who's just sitting back and prosecuting his rival while he's just laying back in an easy chair in Delaware. And then the media is colluding with the deep state to hatch this disinformation campaign and censorship campaign. And now just the baby boomer establishment in Washington, D.C. is basically like lighting everybody up in an orgy of tyranny and corruption and claiming they're trying to save democracy. Meanwhile, the rest of the country is just watching football and Netflix and complaining <laughs> about the weather. This is like the weirdest election ever. <laughs> It's true. Are you watching? No. Um, what happened to your eagle? I don't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, what happened to Jason Kelsey? Well, he retired. You'll have to see my one more thing. Okay. All right. Let's go back to you. Okay. So, South St. Biden has all this money. Is it going to do him any good? He's at so 33%. It, it, he's got a problem. A um, couple things. One, I like her confidence, but I don't, you got to have, you said it best after, you got to have policy prescriptions if you're going to have that confidence, and we'll see. Uh, what happens? They did beat Biden, I mean, Trump once, and we'll see if they can do it again. But you can't do it again if you don't know some of the, if you don't focus on some of the basics. Every presidential campaign, depending on how voters feel at the beginning of summer, which is a proverbial Memorial Day, how, how, how expensive is gas on Memorial Day in 2024 will be a turning point for both campaigns, too. Before that, if the Biden campaign, if the Biden administration does not get serious about border security, does not lay out a plan to address this, and you're running out of time, you may have run out of time. Uh, this is an issue that all the polling data shows, the economy, the border, and foreign policy, and I think those issues are combined in voters' minds around the economy and their economic, their economic security. Axelrod is right. This threat to democracy, remember, it polls high because Republicans think there's a threat to democracy because of the way Trump is being treated, and Democrats think there's a threat to democracy because of the way Trump is being treated. The common denominator there is Trump, but it's divided. So we shouldn't get, we shouldn't get too excited. Democrats shouldn't get too excited about those numbers. Finally, there are 150 to 250,000 voters in six states who are going to decide this race. It provided that each side ramps up their base and get, gets their, 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 their diehards to go. I think I know what's been going on Driven by voices inside of my head I wanna do right but they show me wrong I guess I should listen to my heart instead I'd like forgiveness but I'm old none I make the choices and lie in my bed I wanna do right but they show me wrong I guess I should listen to my heart instead that already developed nuclear weapons and are daily violating resolutions of the Security Council and the International Atomic Energy Agency. Those countries aren't openly threatening to wipe out another country. Nor is Iran. Actually goes back to Khomeini at the time of the Israeli-Iranian alliance and Israel didn't care about it then. The statement is that in the course of time, Israel should no longer exist. Well, actually, I happen to agree with that too. Affects out a lot of people in Israel, the ones who think there should be a single democratic state. That's not calling for wiping anyone out. In fact, Iran has supported the two-state settlement. There are two countries that are not only calling for some nation not to exist, but are destroying it, namely the U.S. and Israel. That's their position with regard to the Palestinians. They're not just saying it, they're doing it day by day. That's the meaning of the policies that are going on right before our eyes in Gaza and the West Bank, which we are supporting and paying for. So sure, you shouldn't call for the destruction of another nation, and you shouldn't implement that. 
But the people inhabiting these territories, you know that even better than me, have always identified themselves as nothing but as a part of Russia. That's why the voting results were like that. This is an obvious thing. That's why the voting results were like this. I always talk about this. Nobody can force you to come to the polling station. Probably everything can be rigged just like the previous US elections were rigged through mail voting. It is clear that it was voting by mail. They bought ballots for $10, filled them in, and without any supervision from observers, they threw them into mailboxes, and that's it. But it's impossible to force someone to come. You can't force anyone at gunpoint. If people didn't want to, they simply wouldn't have come to the polling stations, that's all. This is called voting with your feet, that's all. Here they came and voted. What is this other than democracy? The expression of the people's will is democracy. Putin has built or refurbished no fewer than 50 military bases inside the Arctic Circle over the last decade, located all along Russia's one and a half thousand mile northern coast. Some of the main bases are Rogachevo, Nervoskoy, Temp and Ushakovskoy which have been equipped with fighter jets, bombers, and state-of-the-art radar defenses. China and Russia are ready to lead the world in a new direction, and America doesn't like this. China and Russia's militaries work together, just like their economies work together. At this crucial point, analysts say China doesn't even care about the war in Ukraine and the sanctions the US and its Western allies have placed on Russia. These two countries are now jointly setting a new path for the world together. First, China's interest in Taiwan still lingers, just like Russia's interest in Ukraine. Secondly, they both have the United States government as an enemy, and China sees Russia as an important ally to weaken the United States. But if you look at these two countries deeply, you will notice that all they want is an end to one center of global authority, one center of force, one center of decision-making a world where one country takes sides with one country and wages war with another. And China and Russia are making sure that changes soon. We've pushed countries like China, Russia, Iran and North Korea and assorted other countries as well together. But you want to remember that during the unipolar moment, uh, China and Russia were not great powers. During the unipolar moment, by definition, we were the sole great power on the planet. So we had a massive power advantage over everybody, uh, to include the Chinese and the Russians, and we had not driven all these countries together. Now we're in a situation where we're in a multipolar world. There are three great powers, Russia, China, and the United States, and we've played a very important role in driving the Russians and the Chinese together, and the North Koreans and the Iranians as well. So we're in deep trouble. And you know, here we're talking about Ukraine and you occasionally mention the Gaza war where we're also up to our eyeballs and alligators. But most importantly, there's East Asia, which is where China's located and China is a peer competitor. And it's possible that you could have a major crisis at any point in East Asia over Taiwan, and I think more likely over the South China Sea, and even possibly over the East China Sea, or on the Korean Peninsula. So there are three theaters out there that we have to worry about. The Middle East, Europe, Eastern Europe in particular, and East Asia. And the question is, do we have the ability to deal with all three of those areas at once if we face serious problems in each one of those areas simultaneously? And I don't think we have that capability. It was reported recently, and it's in the open press, that uh, the Iranians have begun enriching uranium to weapons-grade plutonium. For your audience, this means that it's enriched to 20% or more, and the plutonium then is capable of being utilized in, in making bombs for warheads on missiles or dropping from airplanes or whatever. This is not an accident. 
Iranians have restrained themselves in the past. They've kept well below those levels. They're now actively making that plutonium. I have very, very little doubt in my mind that they could transform that plutonium into nuclear weapons. At the same time, the Turks know and have known this for a long time that if they were ever in the position where they felt they were going to be directly threatened by another nation with a nuclear weapon in, in the Middle East, everybody assumes that's Israel, that Pakistan would provide nuclear warheads that could be utilized by the Turks. These developments are huge and get no attention. People need to understand what this means. It means that if this war spreads, as I think it will, I think, I think we're on the slippery slide into a major regional war. The Houthis, Hezbollah, the militias are symptomatic of where I think we're headed. I think that Washington wants desperately war with Iran. And I think there are enough people who are careless and don't really understand the region, don't understand the facts, are beating the drums for it. And all of these things point to a disaster that we really don't want to confront. But no one in the White House is addressing this. No one is standing up in front of the American people and saying, look, this is very serious. This is beyond the usual Arab-Israeli conflict. This is not something that is, lasts for a few weeks and then ends and results in some sort of treaty or a new agreement or a change in the border. This has become a, a war for the existence of Israel on the one hand and a war for the existence of the Arabs and Muslims in the region on the other. This is not exclusively Mr. Netanyahu's problem. Mr. Netanyahu said this is existential. Either we win or we're finished. Well, that, that dangerous attitude has been adopted by the people that surround him. And I don't think we can bribe them to stop. I don't think we can bully them into stopping. And I think if we become involved, uh, we put a lot of things at risk, ourselves, our installations. Remember, you have a total, I think, of roughly 57,000 American servicemen in the region. You have between Syria, Iraq, uh, Kuwait, uh, Qatar, uh, Bahrain, probably almost 30,000. Uh, the other 20,000 are distributed in those other areas in Jordan and elsewhere. They, they will be at serious risk. And we cannot protect everyone everywhere all of the time, particularly when we're trying to protect Israel. Uh, so there, there has to be some more thorough analysis and thinking about the implications of our actions and the actions of our Israeli friends. And I'm just not seeing it. What I see is more emotion very little rational calculus. Okay, we have some breaking news for you here on Sky News tonight, uh, uh, and that comes from the International Criminal Court. The prosecutor, Kareem Khan, has said he's received a joint request from five countries to investigate the situation in the Palestinian territories. It says that um, Kareem Khan, prosecutor, uh, says the referral has come from South Africa, Bangladesh, Bolivia, Comoros and Djibouti which was requested to ensure that the ICC pays urgent attention to the grave situation in Palestine. Of course, the ICC already has an ongoing investigation. Last month, the prosecutor uh, from the ICC confirmed that uh, his office has jurisdiction both over Hamas's attack on Israel on October 7th and any crimes committed as part of Israel's response, including the bombings in the Gaza Strip. So five countries have called on the ICC to investigate um, the conduct in the Palestinian territories. Now you see all this going on, fam, right? You hear how they're trying to, to, to charge Israel and all this. But my mindset is, um, Yatin, whatever, Yahoo, Yahoo, whatever his name is, he said that he gonna, he gonna get it, he gonna move, he ain't gonna stop. He said he ain't gonna stop. He said he gonna move there because he's supposed to have, for, he trying to get to the, what, Red River? Red River or something, Jordan River, Red River, from where they at now to the Red. So he's trying to stretch all that out and push all them people out. He already said it. I already heard it. If you listen to my podcast, you hear him say it. So I'm thinking, like, if he 
That's his mindset. And I hear this, and this is what he is coming out of his mouth. And it seems like he is not letting up. Why do other nations got to go beg somebody else to have permission? That's just something I don't understand. See, me, I'm an old country boy in slavery and captivity. Never had, uh, uh, my nation is destroyed. So I'm looking at other people's nation and just wondering, what? How is this? How is you supposed to be, because either Satan put you in that position of leadership or the most high put you in that position of leadership right so if you if you yin or you the yang i know the devil's doing his work so you see what the devil work is you see what's going on but where is the ones that's supposed to be doing the righteous things oh i gotta beg somebody hey man you we got a problem with this we need to settle this all right um russia you already know i already know you beefing with them china we already know Iran, we already know, you know what I'm saying, and um, uh, what Korea, we already know, you know what I'm saying, and most of these other countries, we already know. So we need to just go and get our little. We need to go and get y'all. We need to get uh, what ten thousand each troop coming to go go do what they got to do. Get ten thousand of y'all troops and. And y'all military equipment and go straight down there and handle that business. So if all of them getting 10,000 people plus what they got, all that is, that'll be squashed or he gonna let up. Why do I gotta go to a court where they got crafty counsel in and they, they ain't even trying to hear? And when I seen them, when they showing the clips of it, it's old white men and old white women. Come on, man. You know, the Caucasian man, the non-pigmentation man, and the non-melanated man is not God. And that's what y'all set in y'all mindset and they programmed out there. Oh, we got to go up here and follow these. They set up this little regulation bull crap. And you see what the regulation bull crap they set up. This is, you see how it is now. So I got to go play the same game that they set up for a trap hat. I can see that. Because I'm already stolen property and I already seen what was capable and what they did to my forefathers. That was most of y'all that can't even see and analyze what they capable of doing. When they were slaughtering my forefathers and foremothers and all that, what y'all was doing? Y'all wasn't doing nothing, but um, nobody came to our help. We had to go through this massive, massive, massive. And then when they had their land and all that, what did they do? Take their land and they flooded it up. And they did that in Atlanta. So I'm like, why would... I already know what type of people these are and I already know what type of people, how they roll. Why would I even think about that? Why would I, I'll be going over here uh, with some wise men having this wise talk about what we gonna do and what we need to do. We already, we already told you if you don't do what you, if you don't stop, we gonna stop you, period. They ain't got no balls of those leaders up here no more. I can't do nothing. I'm in captivity. You know, my nation is destroyed. Believe me. I, it, it, believe me. If I had a nation, and my, our nation was strong enough, I'd be one of the voicemen say, oh, no, we can't do this. Because only the righteous going to speak righteousness. And the wicked going to speak wickedness and just sit back and say nothing. We see that here in America. But I don't understand this. I don't understand all these leaders that call themselves leaders. See, that's why I say, thank, thank God for this podcast. 
thank the Most High for opening my eyes and letting me and allowing me to see the things that really sin. Because we we ain't even we ain't we and it's so much wicked and all this other stuff and all these other nature scared of one person, one nation of people. The non-pigmentation man and the non-pigmentation woman. And yeah, oh, there you go. You talking prejudice. You talking prejudice. See, they kill me with that. Racism. They don't even, and they be using these words so loosely, and they don't even know what the word means. That 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 scratch me. That that make my itch scratch so bad. I be want to scratch the skin off of it. Racism, racism, racism. He talk, uh, a white man and a white woman can never call nobody racism. A non-pigmentation man and a non-pigmentation woman can never, ever, ever, never call somebody racism or racist. They can never, but y'all allowed him, y'all allowed to go on a trap and, and allowed him to uh, uh, say that. They can never. What their forefathers did to our forefathers, they can never. And y'all sitting up here going with the crafty council that y'all going with. John Hawkins, 2002, said and made a study saying that those people over there are not, they, they Khorasan, they, they Caucasian, they from Europe. Go look at the John Hopkins studies. I think it's in 2002. That these are not the children of God. And you seeing all this hell these people putting us through. Oh, now you, you talk anti-Semitic. You can talk anti-Semitic. There you go, Faye. Yeah, that's another word that I like to scratch the skin off the itch. That they you. How can you be anti yourself? See, that's why I say if people start picking up a book and read and stop getting in their feelings, it, it'd be a better world because people understand things better. They can see things better. You know, right now everybody want to pick it back out on somebody else. Somebody else talking smooth word. Oh, let me go hear that. Go tickle your word. I don't want to tickle your word. I want to stab your damn heart. That's what I want to do. I want you to feel the pain that was going on in this world. And the scripture says, once you, once you get wisdom and understanding, then you get sorrow. And I see all this sorrow in this world. And, and I know I ain't the smartest man in the world. I ain't the dumbest man in the moon. I know I'm not the more intellectual man in this world. But I know it's a whole bunch of them. And they ain't saying nothing. They ain't doing nothing. And what all these people? I got the bag. I got the money. What? What? All this money, all you, all this money and all this bag that you got, what is going to be down to? What is it going to help you out? How is it going to help you out? Well, I can take my family and go do all this. Okay. If you think that's going to help you out, you go ahead. Because like I said, I'm looking at all this like a movie. I'm sitting back, eating my popcorn and seeing how this going to fall out. How the Most High gonna play this out? This is how I'm looking at it. You know, if the Bible's a lie and the Most High said we got next, I want to see the lie then. And the Most High said the prophecy must be fulfilled before He come. I want to be here when the prophecy come. I want to see it. But we'll see. But we'll see. I'm sitting back here saying, trying to think he, trying to think they gonna be the, the, the biggest thing going. Russia think they gonna be the biggest thing going. All these other nations thinking they gonna be the biggest thing going. But they forgetting one thing. 
We the children, we the true children of God. The black man, the Hispanic man, and the native Indian man and woman. We are the true children of God. Even though that some of them is over here, but they still the true children of God because they've been misplaced in this place. Because the most high, if you know Bible prophecy or the, the story of the, the, the 12 tribes and how it split up, then you know where the tribes split up at. But we don't wanna we don't wanna go deep into this and find out history in this history book. It's all about the bloodline. Why do the Bible always speaks about the bloodline? Because we have the bloodline. The Bible says Abraham is the father of all nations. But the Most High chose Jacob. The Most High chose Isaac. And then Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons. And his 12 sons led up to this. The children of Israel. We don't want to grasp on that. We want to be everybody else but ourselves. They done changed our identity so many times, world. That's why these people in America that call themselves looking like me so discombobulated and don't want to be on get on the good foot. But you fail to realize when you read that Willie Lynch letter. When Willie Lynch wrote that letter and they asked him, how long with this right here? What they doing to us will last. He said, as long as, as long as you can, unless a phenomenon happens. And for right now, we're in a phenomenon. We're the true children of God. But we want to be everybody else. And the world, suppose the most I say he made it the world for our sake. We, we serve it to everybody else. We supposed to be living out the fatness of this world. But who's living out the fatness of this world? The non-melanated man, the non-melanated woman, the non-pigmentation man, the non-pigmentation woman, the Caucasian man, the Caucasian woman. The Bible says the earth is given to the hands of the wicked. But we, oh, I, oh, why you say that, Faith? There you go. There you go. Why you say that? Because you saying that they got the fatness of the earth, right? And you just quoted the earth is given to the wicked. So you saying they all the wicked that's what you saying Faye? I ain't say that that's what you said and that's what if the bible says the earth is given to the hands of the wicked and who is running the world you will you say what you got to say but it's all about common sense it's all about knowing yourself and loving yourself because at the end of the day you gonna die by yourself and now you're going to die by yourself or you're going to be in, in a tremble? Oh, you're going to die by yourself and then what? You're going to meet you going to meet some havoc. We don't even know until we it, it, it comes. And I'm like, we already know life when we start living, the next step in our journey in this world is death. Right? So, why don't we take death seriously why don't we look at death like it's supposed to be looked at 
you know, but all they do up in here is show movies of killing each other and all these other stuff. Where's the movie like we used to watch a long time ago? Little House on a Pair. John Boy. The Waltons. You know what I'm saying? All them hillbilly, um, um, feel good, inspiring, spiritual shows and stuff. Highway to Heaven. You know, and then y'all don't realize, man, CNN is part of the devil. That's what y'all don't realize. You know, if we got freedom of speech, uh, uh, freedom of religion, why, when you on CNN and you talking about Jesus, they cut you off real quick? Why? Why is other news outlet does that? Y'all haven't heard? Y'all haven't seen? Y'all haven't noticed? Time they say something about Jesus Christ, Yahweh Shai, Yahweh. Oh, so we got a, a technical, you know what I'm saying? The earth is given to the hands of the wicked. And if the Jewish people is, to, is running the, the, the media, right? Why would they want to cut that off if they're the true children of God? So this is the, the mindset that I'm thinking when I'm sitting up here listening to all this content. Shabbat Shalom, we did choose Judas of God. Okay. So far, what you saying, Mr. True Children of God, it ain't adding up. We need to start getting some receipts. And, and most of y'all don't want to go back and get them receipts because it doesn't add up. But what's the mindset we got to have, fam? What we got to do? We going to play this game? Until doomsday? Or we going to get out of this game? Do what you want to do, be who 
you wanna be You ain't shit, that's how the world view you Can I try a little something? Can I make a little something? Can I keep a little something? Can I save a little something? Can I try a little something? Can I make a little something? Can I keep a little something? Can I save a little something? Can I try a little something? Can I make a little something? Can I keep a little something? Look at me, I ain't frontin' We want you to marinate on this. If you feel this, then you know what I'm talking about.